The closer you get to the light, the greater your shadow becomes. Tell me, can you spare a heart? What's up? Welcome to an awfully wonderful time. This is your favorite Heartless speaking, and the door has opened to Kingdom Hearts. Welcome to my sometimes weekly Kingdom Hearts retrospective show where we revisit the good, the odd, and the supreme darkness of the Kingdom Hearts series. Now come, open your heart. Alright, so the bulk of this episode is going to be talking about um, an article from CBR.com written by Sophie Jacklin, which is titled Kingdom Hearts, 10 DreamWorks Movies That Would Make Great Worlds to Visit. Sounds great, right? Um, I also wanted to address that normally, yes, this episode would have been returning back to the retrospective. I wanted to address that because that's supposed to be the plan <laughs> when, you know, every Every other episode is supposed to be the retrospective, and in between that is supposed to be the random episode like this. But I ran out of time, didn't get a chance to complete the outline. Then I had another episode that wanted to address um, X-Play's own ranking, or rating rather, their review of Kingdom Hearts 3, which was insultingly low, by the way. Um, So originally I was going to dedicate a whole episode to that, and I just didn't want to go through with it so I dropped that so that set me back even more because I wrote a lot down and then I realized there's no real point of me addressing it that deeply so I kind of just wanted to address it here for like a, a few minutes um so I love x-play first and foremost let me get that out of the way um I was a big fan of g4 I mean who wasn't if you were a gamer back in the day to now or even just discovering it now because x-play is on social media it's on instagram tiktok youtube so i love it it's i remember my first um mixture of the two of kingdom hearts and x play back in the day when they reviewed kingdom hearts 2 and i don't know if they did the other games i think they did but i missed them and i'm kind of afraid to go back and watch them but uh, i remember that was when they reviewed kingdom hearts 2 it was the meat of the episode of course so they knew that this was the one thing that people would be tuning in for the most so it was at the very end and i remember the whole episode i was just super excited just like yeah i can't wait they're gonna give it such a good review i know it it's like the best kingdom hearts game ever and all this stuff and you know for me it was game of the year at the time and by the time the episode ended they're like you know, of course, Adam Sessler's classic rating voice. We give Kingdom Hearts 2 a 4 out of 5. And the whole time I'm just like, yeah, just punching the air out of excitement, ricocheting against all the walls. Not really, but in my mind, in my heart, I just felt higher than life. It was amazing. So, of course, unfortunately, years later, G4 went away. So we lost shows like X-Play, Cheat, Attack of the Show. Oh, man, I miss Cheat, too, so bad. Cheat was so fun. And you know what was so great about that show? Like, you know it's a great show when most of the games you don't have nor probably plan on even playing, but you still watch it because it's fun to see what is even in this game, what's going to be happening, what's gonna, what, what, what exploits are in this game, and the host, 
come on. She was great. But yeah, um, it's great that X-Play has returned. G4 has returned. So we got Attack of the Show, X-Play, and well, not all the original hosts, but um, for X-Play in particular, of course, the OG himself, Adam Sessler, has returned. And we got other people on there too, like uh, The Completionist, one of my favorite uh, gaming content creators on YouTube, one of them at least, um, and The Black Okage. So it's there's way more to the cast than that. They're, they're the main three that I've uh, seen the most of, and the rest of the cast is fun too. I, I've seen a number of their stuff, ranging from like Star Wars Fallen Order, Horizon Zero Dawn, because they've been catching up on games that they missed because they weren't, you know, back yet. And what I thought was fortunately at the time was also Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, so, of course, I've watched most of these. Uh, I really enjoyed their Fallen Order review. Loved that game. Of course, Horizon Zero Dawn loved that game as well. And I, for the most part, usually I do agree with a lot of the things they say, whether it's positive or uh, negative, constructive criticism, all that stuff. Um, what was another game they talked about recently? Even um, Mass Effect Andromeda. A lot of the stuff they talked about was very fair in that too. And I gotta be honest too, with 3, they had some very fair points too. Because I agree with 3 being a very, actually it is honestly the most divisive game in the series, unfortunately. And it probably has a lot of the, out of the 3 number titles, I'm not even going to address the others in this uh, point here. Out of the three, it probably does have some of the weakest moments in the series. But that doesn't stop me from loving the game. And seeing them give this game a one out of five was very insulting. Very, very insulting. And it's hard to... I, I mean, I can understand from a critic's point of view, especially even from a fan, as a fan, because I know many fans who were as big into the series as I am don't like this game. Some traded it before they even got to play the DLC, and that includes the New Game Plus, that includes Remind, um, the Easy Cheats, all that stuff. And even after all that stuff, they just didn't want to go back to it. Now, mind you, they're not done with the series at all. I mean, I don't know anyone who's done with the series, but they just didn't want that game anymore because it just left a bad taste in their mouth. And I can understand that to a degree. But I'm not going to talk about all of that because I'm going to save a lot of that for the future because I talk about that in bulk in my rewritten episode, but I want to leave enough for that series when I actually get to it in the retrospective also. But... I'm sure since it's going to take me so long to get to that, I have a lot to address. Um, I'm going to have a lot to address anyway in the meantime, so I'm sure it's going to come and come and go as we go. Um, but man, how awesome is it that we're like past the 20-year anniversary of Kingdom Hearts 1? Like, clap it up, y'all. Like, that's amazing. It's been 20 years. Ah, uh, man. I actually would have... I, I honestly... This is not how I would have seen the series go. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but back in the day, like when we first saw BBS, for instance, and when we thought that was three, man, there were so many things theorized around that time. But that's part of the fun, you know. So anyway, going back to the review, 
Um, it was painful watching that review, man. And like I said, like there was a lot of it that I agreed with. Other times I just thought, okay, this is for the memes, um, talking about the story and this and that. And, oh yeah, this guy who's handsome, but not really handsome and this and that. It's like, guys, come on. There are way better ways to explain this story. (laughs) And you guys are just, uh, it, it was just very annoying. But one thing I wanted to address with that, like, for instance, so let me see here, because I did write this up. And this this is one thing I wanted to address about this before I actually go to the articles. I, I don't want to stay on this too long. So let me see here. All right. So when I when I thought this, oh, when I when I thought about this idea of what I wanted to address with this review, I thought, man, we are clearly playing two different games. I, I, I don't know how they got a bootleg copy of Kingdom Hearts 3, but hey, it's a learning experience to get your game legitimately next time. <laughs> That's what I really thought when they gave it a one out of five. But like I said, it's divisive. It's an acquired taste, this, the series in general. And I will say, yeah, the story pacing with most of the games has not really done too good. But... um. It's so weird that people try to overcomplicate the storyline for gags when we all know you have to just experience it for yourself. It's just that dense of a story. And when a game series like this goes on for so long, that's just how it is. It's like so many stories end up like like most of the stories I can think of right now that aren't even this dense end up hard to follow after a while because there's so much stuff that happens when it runs for so long so how could it not be it has 10 plus games in its library and yes even after that you may have to watch a video or two about it afterwards it's a story that makes you think so yes it's going to alienate some people who may not want a complicated story and those who may be more casual people to the series like well People who play video games for a living and have to review them and go through all these things that a normal gamer like myself wouldn't have to do. But, I mean, it's an action RPG mashup of Disney and Square Enix. So, get over it. (laughs) Um, You know, stories like this can be fun because all the things that can be talked about. I mean, YouTube channels in particular thrive on this stuff. Theories, breakdowns of your favorite pop culture stuff. But... When you go to, so this is Ansem, who really isn't Ansem. Bruh, I hate it when people do that stuff. <laughs> it's like, don't overcomplicate it. Yes, that is true, but like, look, this is Ansem S-O-D. We call him S-O-D because he stole the identity of the actual Ansem for his own devious reasons. Ansem S-O-D is one of many of the variants created by Xehanort the true villain of the series. It's a mouthful, but it's easier to follow than just saying, oh yeah, this guy who isn't really this guy. I, can, I can't tell you how many videos did that crap for a gag, and it was funny at first, but then it got old fast. Um, another example, what is Kingdom Hearts about? Oh, well, there's a lot going on, but in a nutshell, it follows mainly a trio of heroes, Sora, Donald, Duck, and Goofy Goof, you know, yeah. Some people forget that Goofy's last name is Goof, <laughs> who embark on multiple adventures across many Disney worlds to fight monsters, Disney villains, and many incarnations of one crazy old time traveling man. One sentence. 
they want to know the full story, then pay the play the game or have them watch you play or better yet, watch some, you know, actual professional recap videos or whether it's on YouTube or actually in the theater mode in Kingdom Hearts 3, which is honestly the better way to do it since they know that's professional. Um, actually, they're probably posted on YouTube, too. So there is that as well. But, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because it's just it, it, it needs to be stopped. Like it, it was funny for a bit, but it being a constant like joke that people go to for an easy laugh. It's just lame, man. Seriously. So, um, at the end of the day, I feel like three at its worst should be like a three out of five at its best, a four out of five. And I think what really holds back the game is the story. Unfortunately, if the story was, um, you know, if it, if it was longer, didn't focus on certain things like rehashing certain Disney worlds, one of the biggest complaints they had in the game or in the review that they talked about. This game could have definitely been a five, could have been a five out of five, you know, fix a few things here and there, but it didn't. But for what it is, that's why I'd say it's a three to five. It's not perfect, but it is worth playing, especially if you're a, um, especially if you're a fan of the series. And yeah, you might not like it, but it still deserves a lot of respect put on it because there is so much beauty still in this game for a number of many reasons. And yeah, I'm going to put my soapbox away now because it just needs to go away now. <laughs> oh man, it's just one of those things that I just it's so annoying. I hope some I hope whoever's listening to this, I hope you can agree with me to some degree. I hope you can appreciate what I talked about here. So, let's get to the fun part of this. 10 DreamWorks movies that would make great worlds to visit. Now, DreamWorks in its earlier days was a big competitor, especially with the actual plot of a story with Disney for a little bit. And one of the biggest examples I can think of is Ants and Bugs Life, um, Emperor's New Groove and um, The Road to El Dorado. If I remember correctly, those were competing with each other as well. So in more recent years, they haven't been competing like that anymore. Um, DreamWorks has gotten, I mean, even then they had their own style, but they've been pretty good, honestly. Like, I can't think of one DreamWorks movie I didn't, um, wait, did I say that right? I can't think of one I didn't enjoy. Yeah. Um, for the most part, same with Disney and Pixar, like they, they've all made some pretty solid movies and the way DreamWorks has their stuff, I can see them fitting well into Kingdom Hearts. So I thought this would be a very fun article to bring up and let me load this real quick so I can look at, I forgot to move the, <laughs> I forgot to move the window so I could see Aud um, Audacity and this at the same time. So I know that Audacity didn't crash or anything. That'd be very awkward. So this article was written on CBR.com. I'll have a link to this in the show notes. And this was written by Sophie Jacqueline back in February of this year. So 
Kingdom Hearts is a fantastic crossover between Disney and Final Fantasy, but the worlds of DreamWorks movies would also make fantastic additions. That's how she opens up this article. Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention, because I've mentioned this in my other on my other show, AOK. There was a um episode I talked about on there on on Wisdom um called uh what's it called? It was just me talking about Kingdom Hearts and mentioning how Final Fantasy The Spirits Within would be a great addition to this to the to the whole um lore of Kingdom Hearts. I think it'd be a really fun world and it'd be scary at the same time, but I would love to see how the lore would fit into Kingdom Hearts. And I know the Spirits Within isn't really a high-regarded movie, but I feel like it just needs more love. I really do. But yeah, um, I said Wisdom. It's an app where you can just go live and talk to people on there. And yeah, it's fun. Not sponsored, but I just wanted to bring that up. Um, a link will, will be in the description for that too, because I, I think it's worth checking out because I had some fun talks on there that are cataloged there. But anyway, uh, Kingdom Hearts combined the fantastical works of Square Enix with the wonderful tales of Disney, resulting in immersive worlds for Sora, Donald, and Goofy to explore, traveling there via the Gumby Ship. Whether traversing the unusual world of Wonderland, exploring the pages of the Hundred Acre Wood, or duking it out in the Olympus Coliseum, the Kingdom Hearts saga is full of locations that showcase developer talents and imagination. See, there you go. That's another f- easy way to explain what the series is in a nutshell. All right. Ooh, related. 10 best friendships in the series ranked. Ooh, that might be another fun episode, too. However, seeing all the worlds are related to the works of Square Enix and Disney, some fans are left wondering what could have been if the series uh, had explored other film studios, such as the imaginative DreamWorks. And I got to admit, the name DreamWorks in itself is a very, very lovely name. It's probably honestly one of my favorite company names. So the first one, number 10 on this list, is Matrocity or, oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, Megamind. See, I I love the movie Megamind, and I even said it the way he says it, but it's not Matrocity, it's Metro City. (laughs) So yeah, um, Metro City could have been technological Marvel. Uh, it says in Kingdom Hearts 3, Sora and the gang started to get caught up in with the modern technology that Hollow Bastion was famous for. Between the improvu- mm, excuse me, between the improved gummy ship, Sora's new gummy phone, and the technological advancements of San Francisco, Sora was finally learning about all the things that his home on the on the Destiny Islands had lacked. Megamind's Metro City would have allowed Sora to further explore new technology or even combat it with theoretical Heartless based on Megamind's beloved brain pots. Yeah, so I'm all for this because Megamind is probably, no, I shouldn't say probably, it's top five for me, um, DreamWorks movies. It's easily in my top five greatest DreamWorks movies ever. And I wish we got more. So Megamind was meant to have a sequel, at least as far as the game verse was concerned. I believe there was meant to be a sequel or actually, no, I think I said that wrong. It was either supposed to have a sequel or there was supposed to be a continued storyline add-on to the Megamind game, which was going to include more people of his race. I got to look into this more, but it it looked really cool, but it, it was dropped, unfortunately, 
And I'm very bummed out about that because I think his race is very interesting. Uh, both him and Metro Man, honestly. So this would have fit really well in, especially because of the World San Francisco feeling really fun. Um, it probably would have been a bit too much if they put it in three. But if they put it in four, like it'd be perfect because, you know, it'd be... We, we got San Francisco, now we have Metro City to run around with. And the story. I think this one would be fine to do the, ori- to do the um, original in. Um, I don't know what kind of sequel could be done uh, with, what, what kind of thing they could do. Because by the, by the end of Megamind, there's nothing really left. Like, the, the bad guy subdued, he doesn't have his power anymore. Um... There's no real antagonist left, really. So I don't know what they could do. I think it probably would be best to do it that way. Um, Probably give it. A, I think they would give it. They should give it like the Kingdom Hearts one treatment where it's pretty close to the original movie, but it feels different because they add new things to it. Like, of course, Heartless, like the brain bots. Um, I think what they could do, really. I guess it'd be fun just because. They would fall for Megamind's whole ploy to Sword Donald Goofy, and they find you know we have a Titan who we think is going to be a good guy. Then we're like, oh no, we got to fight him. He's why is he bad? So I think it could work really well. I'm I'm probably very biased because I just really love uh, Megamind. <laughs> uh, number nine on the list is Troll Kingdom. Uh, it should it could have showcased multiple troll towns, uh, trolls back in 2016. By the way. Mega Man was back in 2010. This movie is 12 years old. That's crazy. It does not feel that long. Sheesh. Um, I did not see Trolls. I think there's two of them. I never got a chance to do that. But um, I heard it was cool. I mean, it's got a it got a sequel, and not like a like a full it got a full fledged sequel in theater. So it must have been it must have done pretty good. And I've heard the music. The music was some of the songs I've heard was pretty good. So for gamers who love the original sing-along world of Atlantica, oh god, wait, for gamers who love the original sing-along world of Atlantica, who loved that? I don't know a single person who loved the sing-along part of Atlantica. Now, I loved how it was in the first game, how you could actually explore it and do all this stuff. I could not stand the sing-along in uh, 2. I honestly, most of the time I skip it unless I need to complete stuff for trophies and do that, which only happened twice because playing it on the PS3, then playing the collection again on the four because it was better because the loading time was cut in half. But anyway, uh, Trolls could have been the next best thing with its colorful characters, interesting musical choices and multitude of unique locations. Troll could have been or excuse me, Trolls would have been at the very least provided a aesthetically pleasing world. The release of Trolls World Tour World Tour would have also provided a great deal more maps and different variations of Trolls for Sora to use as either summons or a keyblade or as keyblade variants on his quest to stop the heartless nobodies and villains of organization thirteen. Interesting. I gotta admit, I would love to see Sora Don and Goofy as trolls. I think that'd be pretty fun, especially after what we saw them turn into in the Monsters, Inc. world. <laughs> I'm all for it. Um, I, I may try. I may I may check out Trolls at some point. I'm just, I don't have a major urge to watch it just yet. 
But this one, though, this next one on the list, number eight. Shut up and take my money. Small Soldiers was DreamWorks Toy Box, 1998. Oh, man. I was six years old, dude. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So, wait, what's that six? Yeah. Yeah, 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 because I was 92. All right. With the whole Disney to explore, oh, excuse me, I said that wrong. With the whole of Disney to explore, it's no surprise that Square Enix came to the same conclusion that the prospect of being a toy would be fun. Running around a gigantic toy store and warring, the, excuse me, and warring with villainous action figures. However, where Disney provided Toy Story, the DreamWorks equivalent was Small Soldiers. The peaceful Gorgonites would have proven. Would have proved to be, I keep messing up messing up with the words, would have proved to be interesting allies to Sora, Donald, and Goofy, especially in the war against the Commando Elite. Ooh, another related article. Kingdom Hearts Riku's 10 best fights. Didn't he only have 10 fights? <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, who all did he fight? <laughs> Hold up. I'm actually thinking about this now. So let me see. He fought Roxas. He fought Sora. He fought Shion. Riku Replica, um, and then a couple of organization members. Oh, Ansem, of course. Yeah, dude, he's only had like 10 fights. <laughs> and I'm counting multiples because he's fought Sora multiple times, um, and et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, I mean, it's it's an article. I mean, it makes sense that they would do that because you get to talk about it. Why wouldn't you? All right, so anyway, it would have been especially interesting to see the depiction of Major Chip Hazard. Whoa, my screen went black. Okay, there we go. Um, Losing himself to the darkness, consumed by his need to destroy the Gorgonites. The possibilities are endless, especially when considering the allegory of the Gwendy dolls coming to life, forced into a world of evil. My screen went black again. What the heck? All right, that's weird. My computer does not like me when I record, apparently. Um, in a world of evil they don't understand since they were created by Hazard. It's similar to how Maleficent deceived Riku into believing he had to fight Sora in order to protect Kairi in the first Kingdom Hearts game. Interesting. Yeah, I mean... I don't think the... mm, That's tricky. Because technically, yeah, the Hazard ships did make these characters the 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 army guys they did make them pretty messed up but then again at the same time the gorgonites had the same chips and they were nice but then again it was all because of their programming so at the end of the day it was just that honestly that's interesting i don't know like the, uh, they would have had to change some things because i can't lie like Small Soldiers has some nightmare fuel moments. And if they were to put this in there, they would have had to censor it a bit. Otherwise, they would have definitely got a teen rating. And we know this for a fact that there have been a number of things that were changed or just not included in a number of worlds across the series to avoid um, a teen rating for Kingdom Hearts. Because the certain worlds in its own would be fine. Because if you think about most of the Disney worlds have, that have been included in the games, they were all mainly G-rated. A couple PG here and there. But 
if you put these all together back to back to back, including all the action oriented things outside of that, like with the gameplay and whatnot, that would have bumped it up for sure to a teen rating. And I know they were trying to avoid that. So I think the highest they've ever gotten was an E 10 and up, which is pretty much on the line of uh, E and teen rating. So um, I would definitely be I would definitely love to have seen this. Um, I think the best way to do this would have been for sure have Sora, Dawn and Goofy return to toy versions of themselves. Um, I think this would have been another one for sure to follow a similar storyline of the movie um, because they couldn't really do a sequel, at least not that I could think of properly, because all the you know, the chips are gone, all the toys were destroyed and the Gorgonites pretty much are set free and go into the wilderness. So, I mean, it's possible they could do something else with the Gorgonites out in the wilderness um, and not include the humans. Um, maybe in a, in a similar fashion to how they did with Toy Story. Not not splitting the world like they did there, but maybe, oh, maybe some of the small soldiers survived. I don't know. I think they're maybe some dark clones of them. I don't know. Some, uh, and by that, I mean like heartless versions of them, variants of them, but, uh, it's, it's tricky because toys, it, it feels like, yeah, we, we've seen that toys do have hearts. So I guess they could make it. So the small soldiers did have hearts and they end up, I mean, it's kingdom hearts. You can do whatever you want, honestly. And we could just deal with heartless versions of these characters, heartless and nobodies. It'd be really weird. I mean, it'd be best, honestly, probably to do a spinoff with, I think if they were to, I think if we were to ever do DreamWorks stuff, it would probably be best if we did a spinoff series with with different characters, because um, some of these stories would probably be a little bit too close to home, and it would be treading, like I said, it'd be treading too much of the same path, if if that makes sense. Um, so uh, and that'd be pretty cool. Something similar to like the the Kingdom Hearts Warner Brothers project that we uh, talked about a couple episodes ago. Ooh, another one. The Valley of Peace from number seven is a veritable labyrinth. Kung Fu Panda 2008. Man, 2008, dude. OK, I keep forgetting how old a lot of these movies are. So for fans of Hollow Bastion from the first Kingdom Hearts game, my favorite world to date still, um, the Valley of Peace could be effectively, or excuse me, could effectively mirror the labyrinth-like structure, creating a maze for players to get lost in. Notable locations could be, I don't know why my screen keeps going black. I think it's probably just because I'm recording without, with, without asking. I really don't know why it keeps going black. So whenever I pause like that, it's because my screen randomly just <laughs> had a seizure. I don't know. Uh, let's see. So notable locations could be Ping's Noodle Shop, which would make a delightful save zone for uh, for a save point. The Jade Palace, where Sora could fight in the training arena, much like in the Limbus Coliseum. And the ominous Chorgom Prison. Oh, yeah, that'd be pretty nuts. Which could house multitudes of new heartless and nobodies with designs based off the prisoners trapped there. This world would also provide Sora with a new anthropomorphic uh, design that would allow the heroes to protect the world, in, or yeah, to protect the world order in their on their journey. Yeah, that makes sense too because Kung Fu Panda is definitely another world where most likely no humans exist. So Sora would definitely have to take on a new form. 
Um, it'd be cool to see him as a panda. I mean, why not? Uh, as much as I love uh, Lion Simba, it would be cool to see him in other, um, well, yeah, anthropomorphic forms. Um, this one, I think it'd be best to have an in-between movie. Because there's so much story that happens with this. They have a lot of free... Uh, they have a, f- a lot of open air, I think. So this would be really good to do. Um, as much as I would love to see other, I, as much as I would love to see these other villains in there, because Kung Fu Panda had a pretty awesome rogue gallery. Um, I think it'd just be best to have its uh, maybe an original, maybe a returning villain. I mean, I forget his name from the first movie. Although it's clear he got wiped though at the end of that movie. Um. I don't know. Maybe it would be best just to introduce a new character in general. That'd be that'd be a first too, because um, well, with Toy Box, Toy Box technically the only villain we had was the Heartless and Zaynart. So maybe we wouldn't really need a Disney villain. We could just have a Kingdom Hearts original villain who's just like, hey, I'm here to cause some havoc. So I think that'd be the best thing. I think Kung Fu Panda, it would be best to take place maybe between either one and two or two and three. This would be this would definitely be a good movie to have um, the sequel treatment. Um, The other movies, like I said, I think I can't really comment on Trolls, but I think um, Megamind and Small Soldiers, Small Soldiers could be hit or miss. Small Soldiers and I said that wrong. Small Soldiers could be either sequel or during the first movie but i think metro city would be best as uh an original uh, excuse me the um i should just say original or reimagining that'd be simpler to say um let me see here it'd be cool to think of like that'd be a cool episode to talk about sometime but yeah kung fu panda is another uh, franchise i'm very fond of um, I haven't seen the new... I think they're making a fourth one now. I don't know how I feel about that. The Croods lost their home, just like Sora. The Croods 2013. I haven't seen the sequel, but I haven't heard anything bad about it, nor have I heard anything good about it, so I'm kind of worried. But the premise looks good. It isn't too hard to see the similarities between Sora's story and the Croods. The main plot line of the Croods was the world was ending and that the family of cave people had to leave behind their home in search of a better tomorrow. In the first Kingdom Hearts game, Sora had to leave Destiny Islands behind when his world was destroyed by the Heartless. With such, mm, with so much in common, Sora would likely relate to the Croods, especially to Guy, the first force to abandon his home. The world of the Croods would also allow for countless colorful creatures, stunning flora, and a symphony of new sounds that would perfectly encapsulate the enchanting environments provided in the films, such as the blooming rainforest, sun-baked desert, and foreboding tar pits. Yeah, the Croods would be really, really fun to see. Um, I think this one would be another good uh, sequel treatment, or maybe even, like... We arrive midway through the movie. Um, I don't know. Either way, it'd be fun because I I really liked the first movie and they and they went through a lot of fun things. Well, fun as far as like what 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 would be great for gameplay wise, story wise, not 
oh being actually in those situations that would suck but that would be fun i think this would be another good moment where it'd be great to see the well original story um and this one would definitely have to be another one because there wasn't really a major bad guy there wasn't an antagonist really in this movie i mean technically the father was kind of the antagonist because of the way the story went but not really i mean um Ah, yeah, he basically was, but not in a, not necessarily in a bad way, just in a misunderstood kind of way. So this will probably be another thing where whoever Sora and the gang are messing, whoever they're trying to like fight, he would come here and do a standard monologue and bring in the the bad the bad uh, enemy of the monster of the day, I guess. So, oh man, number five, Shrek is the opposite of everything Sora used to be. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Shrek 1 through 4 was a masterpiece. I think um, it was all pretty good. So I think it'd be great to see. Wow. 2001 too. Just thinking about it. Oh man. So many memories. Like seeing. I, thinking back to when all, when all these movies first came out. And just fondly remembering that first experience. Oh man. And being able to re-experience that. With Sora, Donna, and Goofy, or even spinoff characters, like I said, because I think honestly, for most of these stories, that would be the best way to go if this was ever to happen in the future, which I I don't think it ever would. But like I've said in the Warner Brothers episodes, I think this would be phenomenal. Like if if companies like this could work with each other, and the whole licensing thing wasn't such a nightmare. It would be phenomenal to see this this whole Kingdom Hearts empire or dynasty. I don't know what you would call it. Um, or I guess kingdom would be more appropriate, right? <laughs> of um, these variables of uh, different universes, like a multiverse of Kingdom Hearts, where you have the Disney line, you have the Warner Brothers line, you have the DreamWorks line. And shoot eventually someday we have a no way home situation where they all connect and we get this great um masterpiece of a i don't know saga finale and then of course we keep it going because why not there's always phenomenal stories to be had um man that oh man i just made myself super excited just thinking about it um let me see here so i kind of as i'm talking about these i do want to like think of things cool things to see in the in these series oh wait a minute hold up hold up hold up the crudes did have an antagonist didn't they they had that like tiger creature thing that was chasing them right okay so they did have a creature that'd be cool to see yeah okay okay um i'm going i'm like i keep scrolling up and i'm like i want to say more about this stuff but i think what's addressed in this is pretty good enough. Uh, let me see. But yeah, Shrek is cool. Um, let me see. It would be impossible to make a DreamWorks Kingdom Hearts crossover without the use of fan favorite film Shrek. Oh yeah, Shrek is a classic, dude. Where Sora's initial quest was all about saving the seven princesses of heart, the story of Shrek could act as a foil, much like it was the foil. Excuse me. Much like it was the foil to traditional fairy tale stories upon its release in 2001. With such companion characters as Princess Fiona and Shrek, Sora might actually find himself hard pressed to keep up, 
making his way through murky swamps, abandoned castles, and the ever-perfect town of Duloc. Man. Yeah. Um, this would be interesting. This would be very interesting to see. And this makes me think back to the PS2, I think it was on GameCube and Xbox as well, the video game Shrek 2. And I remember playing as characters like, uh, of course, Shrek, Donkey. But you have to play as other characters too, like uh, Red Riding Hood, The Wolf. And there were moments that they all got to shine in where it was like these hero segments where it's like, it's hero time. Mm, my voice cracked. <laughs> what the? It was like, it's hero time. And you get to do these specific levels um, that made their certain talents shine, which was really great. Um, it'd be kind of cool to see like a version of that uh, play out in this world where you just have storylines that you saw in that game because that game that was like the best way to handle it too it was kind of like how spider-man 2 uh was the toby Maguire one where it had the main story of the movie but it had a bunch of stuff in between it that made it very fun like i remember red riding hood went to this you had to do something with her. You had to go to this like fairy factory that made a bunch of potions and stuff for some reason. I forget what it was. I, if I remember correctly, I think it was the same factory you go to like talk to the fairy godmother. I think it was. I don't. I don't remember. It's been so long, but it was. It was fun because she had her own boss fight she did with somebody. But anyway, number four in this movie. It hurts my soul because this movie is right up there with Atlantis and Atlantis Lost Empire, rather, and Treasure Planet because these three movies were so beautiful, so beloved by me, and they just were flops, unfortunately, and they deserve so much more. So number four on the list is Eris is the perfect heartless villain. Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas, 2003. Although Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas is something of a forgotten classic, yes, I'm thankful that she agrees too. It has everything necessary to be the perfect Kingdom Hearts world. Cutthroat pirates with hearts of gold? Check. An artifact called the Book of Peace, which perfectly aligns with Sora's goals? Check. A chance to traverse the high seas while battling, mm, whilst battling interesting monsters? Check. The film even has the perfect villain in Eris, the goddess of chaos, mother to the monsters that oppose Sinbad and his crew. Since Eris already creates monsters from the constellations, what's to say that she wouldn't also align herself with the Heartless, creating new ones for Sora to battle? Eris already claimed that with, mm, excuse me, Eris already claimed that her heart is black. So she would be the perfect ally for the Heartless to rally under. Yeah, buddy. So, honestly, she could be the perfect Maleficent for this series because she she uses literally monsters from the constellations. One sky, one destiny, right? So she would be the perfect um, being to say to use rather because she would she doesn't have to operate under just that one world i would i wouldn't be surprised if she realizes huh there are all these other worlds i can play with because every star is a world right 
So, I mean, if we don't count the fact that she creates worlds or monsters from the constellations, which are stars themselves, but they could be just her own creations. And she realizes there are other stars that are, there are actual stars that are actual worlds. If that makes sense. I hope that wasn't too crazy to follow. But anyway, um, uh, okay, let's see here. So yeah, it's such a shame because like Sinbad was such a good movie and I know they were planning on doing at least a sequel to that, especially if you have the DVD that has the bonus features that shows like extra stuff that they were extra adventures they did after the movie. Oh, bro. And you, th- if, especially if you think about the filmography of Sinbad, like there's so many movies of Sinbad out there of different adventures he's had. Oh, best believe Eris would be perfect. And she's a good, she's a good um, variable because where you have like this dark and brooding character that Maleficent is, Eris is more of the, she's more cunning, more sarcastic, but she's has, she has this different type of energy that would make her stand out compared to Maleficent and make more people, honestly, people would probably like her more over Maleficent. And honestly, let's be honest, Eris is clearly more powerful. So this would be perfect. I think she would be the perfect um, baddie to just like bring together all these other villains to work under her. If, you know, because she's kind of the type of character too to play games. Like clearly the whole story of Sinbad was a game to her. She was just bored and wanted to have fun. We saw that like literally... As the first act was happening, she was taking a bath in the cosmos, <laughs> so to speak. Like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, watch the movie. It's I'm, I'm butchering what was really going on. But it was so fun. She's such a fun character. And it's a shame, like, all the love, all the effort they put into that movie, all for it to be a flop because people just didn't watch it for some reason. Sucks, man. But anyway, yes. Yes. I... That's going to be a, uh, that's definitely going to be a project of mine because originally I was going to do create my own like protagonists for the Warner Brothers verse. Now I'm going to do one for the DreamWorks one, too. So stay tuned for that. I might use some of my own OCs, honestly. Makes sense. I have a lot of them anyway. Yeah. So I will update you all as that goes along because I've been doing other projects, too. Um, I did finish the uh pokemon mashups with um sword donna and goofy the new starters with scarlet and um violet was it so that was pretty fun to do um if i remember I'm, i might change the profile picture of this episode to that so you guys can see it but if not it's on my instagram so you can check it out there too um let's see number three zeko khan would be a tough boss to beat the Road to El Dorado, 2000. So it came out in the year 2000, rather. Not The Road to El Dorado, 2000. <laughs> That'd be a completely different movie, I'm sure. As far as DreamWorks films go, who could forget the cult classic The Road to El Dorado? Yes, another top-tier film for me. So as I said before, I had a top five earlier, and Megamind was in there. Road to El Dorado and Sinbad are in there as well. I mean, honestly... Um, honestly, all of these movies are so good. 
I probably would put Small Soldiers in there too in the top five, which leaves me with one more, right? I'll say Shrek. Yeah, I'll say I'll say the first Shrek. But like I said, I love all four Shrek movies, but if I had to choose, Shrek won. Alright, so when considering this world for design, players might wonder whether the world ought to center around the Spanish port that Miguel and Tulio hail from, or the Aztec city itself. But why choose? As Miguel and Tulio famously said, both. Both is good. The world provides the perfect villain and the insane priest, Zeko Khan, who thrives off the suffering and torment of others. His boss fight could be one of the most difficult in the game, seeing as Zeko Khan has the gift of advanced healing and the ability to possess stone carvings, giving him even more allies. That would be potentially amazing, especially with the power of darkness on his side, making his powers even more stronger, he would probably Take control over more stone creatures. Like, imagine fighting not just that big leopard, cougar, god, whatever thing he made. Um, or not made, but the one that uh, he took control of, the statue that they had. Imagine if he had more of those lying around. Because it's, you know, it's it's a whole um, city. So, of course, it's obvious that there are other statues and carvings around that he could use if he really wanted to. That would be scary. And without a doubt, Eris would probably make him like second in command. But I wonder, like, if Zeko Khan, out of all the other potential villains, if he if he was to meet Eris, how would that like how would that would that like rock his world when it comes to the gods? Because, of course, with the Aztecs, you know, he says gods, they believe in a multitude of gods. Would he, would he have, I'm, I'm sure they do have, I think they did talk about, now if I remember correctly, the, the god of probably chaos and discord was probably the one that he thought was um, that Spaniard captain, so I wonder if he, I mean, let me be honest, I think if he saw Eris, he'd be like, oh, not familiar with you, but you clearly are a god, whoa, what are these powers, okay. I like you. I am like her just giving him the power of darkness and other beings to create or command rather. Yeah, that'd be really fun. I would imagine he would be like her second in command because out of lists, he'd probably be like one of the strongest out there um, based off of what we've seen so far. Um, I'm trying to think like, so if we were to do Shrek, hmm. I would want to see the first movie. I would definitely want to see the first movie because I want to see, I want to have a movie where we're meeting uh, Fiona for the first time, saving her from the castle. I want to see that fight the dragon and stuff. Um, of course, Lord Farquaad. I think this would be one of those stories where the bad guy isn't associated with the with the big bads. It's just one of those filler worlds, you know? Um, kind of like how Clayton was with uh, Tarzan. Um, even the Queen of Hearts, like those characters weren't associated with the League of Villains, but the other worlds for the most part were. So it'd be cool and refreshing because um, you would be left wondering, OK, which villains are associated with the big bads and who are just here just to, you know, see the world burn. So I think that's really cool, actually. Oh, another related article. Kingdom Hearts, Roxas's eight closest friends. Well, that's obvious. Hainer, Pence, Olette, 
Axel, Shion. Um, hold up. <laughs> so it's Roxas, right? So, oh, Namine. That's six. Sora, I guess, technically. I mean, he's his other half. Um, would they put Ven in there? I don't know. Because you can't, you can't put Axel and Lee because they're the same character, technically. He didn't really, he wasn't really friends with uh, Isa. Hmm. Who's that eighth? Can't say Riku. They, they were never really friends. Eh. Whatever. Um... Yeah, he only really he was only really cool with eight people. He was he he was only like close to Axel and Shion in the organization. Everyone else he was kinda just like, eh, you guys kinda suck. <laughs> ah, well. Um, let me see here. Man, Eris, that'd be so cool, man. Alright, so let's go to number two. It's time for Sora to touch the sky again. How to train your dragon, twenty ten. In the humble world of Neverland in the original Kingdom Hearts game, Sora was finally granted the ability to fly. But with, mm, but with only the cramped innards of the Jolly Roger and Big Ben to explore, the experience was somewhat limited. Yeah, it is a bummer that Sora never really got a chance to visit one, uh, Neverland, because we only visited that world in general twice. We had Kingdom Hearts 1, which was just the pirate ship and then Big Ben. We were never really in Neverland. We were in the waters of Neverland, but that's different. And then Birth by Sleep, we got we got to explore Neverland to a degree, but it was limited, but it was still fun. Um, and that's it. And then we had Peter Pan as a summon in two, which was fun. But, yeah. Um, I guess it makes sense why they didn't do that, why they, we didn't return to Neverland, because one... Um, or excuse me, why we didn't go to Neverland first in Kingdom Hearts 2 instead of Birth by Sleep, mainly because we already had a Pirates theme, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. So, um, given the chance to befriend one of the dragons from Burke, he could really touch the sky once and for all. Dude, could you imagine Sora having his own dragon and then using that as a summon? Because, of course, he's going to have a bond big enough to... Um, not have that dragon solely in that world. Because of the world order, he probably would have to leave that dragon there. Especially depending on how big the dragon is. But mind you, if we had our own like OCs for this world, who probably wouldn't really use the world order as much, I honestly would have, if I had my own characters for this, they would bring a dragon home. They would be like, nope, this is my dragon, I'm keeping him. <laughs> <laughs> he's helping us fight the darkness or she's helping us fight the darkness that would be great but of course if it was Sora, Dawn, or Goofy the dragon that they would have would probably just be um, you know we, we every time we go to this world we could use it to fly around and stuff which would be really fun commanding the skies with our own dragon and then because I, I would, I'd imagine Sora, Dawn, and Goofy would probably ride on the same dragon um, it's doubtful they would all have their all. Uh, it's doubtful they would all have their own dragon. I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't work. I'm I'm sure it would work, and I I would love to see that. But um, I don't know. And of course, outside of that, I would I would I would be very certain they'd have a summon for that dragon too. Because I mean, come on, who doesn't want to summon a dragon? All right. So as much beloved character. Mm, as a much-beloved character, Toothless would make the perfect traveling companion for Sora to bond with. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Toothless would make sense, but, you know, Toothless already has hiccups, so having her own dragon, that's the way to go. All right. So, oh, yeah, I never saw the third movie, How to Train Your Dragon. I got to do that because I know that's the finale, and I heard it's very uh, emotional. But, uh, yeah, I got to watch that. I for- oh, man, I totally forgot about that. Um, number one, as the Guardians are the protectors of heart, Rise of the Guardians, 2012. Unfortunately, this one flew under the radar for me. I know the gist of the story, and I know the dark, I know the bad guy. So, um, this would be a good fit. And this character would obviously be a very, very good fit for the big bads. Fitting in with Eris and, uh, Zekul Khan. So, this one says, Sora already met the kind-hearted old man Santa Claus in Halloween Town in the original Kingdom Hearts. So what would he think of the dual-wielding swordsman and mischievous toy maker North from the Rise of the Guardians? This world has a lot of potential because of the various homes of the Guardians, allowing the player to access the Tooth Palace, North's Toy Shop, Bunnymun's uh, Warren, and Jack's, and Jack's Frozen Lake. As if the map locations weren't good enough, the film follows the plot of the five guardians protecting the light in children's hearts from the darkness and the evil that Pitch Black tries to infect them with. What could be more perfect for a Kingdom Hearts game? I can't argue with that. Like I said, I don't know much about this um, movie, but I know pretty much all they said there. And the names, I didn't know. Um, So Santa Claus is called... Uh, North in this one. That's actually, I mean, that makes sense. But yeah, that'd be actually very fun. That'd be that would be hilarious dialogue to hear Sora talk about. Like, oh, you're not Santa Claus, are you? Like, wait, wait, there's two Santa Clauses. Like, it'd be very funny. And then it'd be reminiscent because now he would think of the time where he met all those different Mickey's in uh, DDD and all those um, what's it called? In, the, in all those sleeping worlds. So he'd probably think, wait, are we in a sleeping world here? Why is there another Santa Claus? Um, that'd be fun dialogue. Now, with this world... Ah, yeah, I think this would be good, whether it's Sora and the gang or our original characters. But yeah, that's the list. I think this is a pretty solid one. And it was great that I actually knew most of these worlds, uh, most of these movies. Um, majority of these I'm really hyped about, honestly. I think these would all fit really well. I love the art style of Guardians, so I think that'd be a great fit. The only one that I'm not sure about is the Troll Kingdom, because I don't really know anything about those movies, other than the music was fire. So, but yeah, this was a very fun article. I really enjoyed, um, listening to all these, and I, yeah, I honestly think the, ah, the best course of action would probably be just doing an OC, just doing an OC cast, making it like a, a whole new spinoff type deal. Um, as much as I would love to see Sora, Don, and Goofy in these worlds, I think they're, I think some of them are just a little too similar to other worlds. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but to keep things fresh, even though a lot of the characters and stories would do that pretty well, I think having a... a, a a different take on it with different characters would make it shine even more so. 
um, who those characters would be. I'm not sure, but that would be another fun thing to think of. Um, characters that are just from the DreamWorks world that DreamWorks doesn't really have. Do DreamWorks does DreamWorks really have mascots like Disney? Because with Disney we have so we have yeah I almost said Sora Donald Goofy we have the Mickey Mouse crew you know Mickey Donald Goofy Minnie Daisy that have appeared in like a plethora of other projects but with DreamWorks it's always just I mean they've done plenty of sequels uh, the Crudes the How to Train Your Dragons Shreks. Um, but I don't know if there's any, like, characters that would make sense, hmm, that would, like, be willing to travel across, you know, all these different worlds to fight the good fight. Um, so, I mean, some characters would make sense, but would they be able to fit in, in other worlds, like, with their magic and stuff? I'd have to look into it. Because, I mean, thinking about it, of course there would be, because there are all these stories are so diverse and it would of course there are some after some digging we could find um but would it have that same charm though that's the issue is finding characters that would have that same type of charm that Sora Donna and Goofy have that they could go together and be able to fit relatively decently in all of these movies so I think that would be a fun project to think of. And I look forward to uh, bringing that to y'all's attention uh, next time. I think by next episode, I'll have a nice little synopsis of the type of characters that could be used and go from there. So I hope you look forward to that. And I hope you enjoyed this discussion of uh, worlds that could be used in this uh, little what if um, but let me know. I would love to hear your thoughts, whether you think it'd be great to see Sword Dawn on Goofy, or if you think it'd be better to have a whole new cast of characters um, go through these worlds. I'm more so along the, the latter part of that. I think it'd be better for original cast. But yeah, we'll talk about that at another point. Um, I really think this was one of the best articles we have talked about on this podcast. So... This has been your favorite Heartless, and until we meet again, there's more to seek. So, go forth and seek it. Ah, the curtain call. The door to Kingdom Hearts is closing for now. But never forget, there may be darkness in every heart, but Kingdom Hearts is light. Special shout out to Melanin Senpai on YouTube for producing the dope track used in the intro and the outro here. So do be sure to send Melanin Senpai some love on YouTube by liking, commenting, all that good stuff, subscribing, and the link to their channel is in the show notes below. Um, as long as my other stuff to my link tree to all the other projects I'm working on, like my Instagram, my other podcast, AOK, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, do be sure to give it a rating if possible, subscribe and or follow and share it with others so we can spread the darkness. I mean, the, the light together, of course. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast, do be sure to either send comments or questions via the rating or via Instagram at I am dot I escape or at your favorite heartless at gmail.com. Every little bit helps. 
and I love talking to my listeners. So until the door to Kingdom Hearts opens once again, this has been your favorite Heartless. Now come, open your heart.